Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. Many people would like to figure out how to get more sex and better sex in their lives. It's not a priority for everyone and isn't required to be, but for those who are looking to get more sex in their lives, it can be a real struggle. We're here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Reinterpreting what sex is can be a big and helpful start down the path to more sex. As well, reinterpreting what you're looking for in a sexual encounter can help you figure out how to get your needs met beyond any specific set of acts. It isn't always insert tab A and slot B that we want from sex, though sometimes it is, and that's also legitimate. Sometimes what we want is a sense of connection or physical intimacy that can be met in more ways than we think. On this episode of On the Wet Coast, Flick Morrison and I, Kat Stark, discuss how to have more and better sex. Right off the bat, we acknowledge asexual folks and admit that any generalizations we make about everyone doesn't always apply to them. We'll do our best to be inclusive with our language. So, how to have more and better sex. I My first idea for this episode was to just try to list every single possible sex act. So just, <laughs> it's just one hour pack in is you know just a just a big list and maybe not even describe them but no 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 yeah just 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 the the fancy names names. we could just start making them up people wouldn't know people wouldn't know yeah it's it's like google it's like the uh the um uh, forrest gump's friend bubba listing all the all the types of shrimp only instead of shrimp it's it's waste waste to have sex yeah well, that could have been interesting (laughs) (laughs) i think i think what we're gonna do this evening might be a little more helpful to we'll, people. We'll, we'll do that as a bonus episode for our, for our Patreon. Yeah, it'll be like John Hodgman's uh, hobo names. Yeah, 700 hobo names. Are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, off to a great start. Um, redefining what counts as sex is often a great way to have more sex, because more things count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, a a lot of things that um, you know when people people think are well, let's let's have, let's have sex. Um, they often have a very specific and narrow idea about what that might be. Yeah, and even just the term foreplay suggests that everything that isn't penetration is merely pre-penetration. Yeah, basically everything that that um, that sex manuals from the 1970s would call foreplay is sex. Yeah. it's you know it's all it's all part of it. So some things that we we consider to be sex: mutual or assisted masturbation, solo masturbation. You're having sex with yourself, grinding or frottage. Where's that frottage? Um, it's I... a French word, frottage. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oral sex. Hand sex, outer course, which is the penis rubbing between the thighs or between the butt cheeks, playing with toys, Skype sex or phone sex, and even sexting. Um, so what's the difference between hand sex and, and mutual masturbation? Like 
fisting somebody. Okay. Uh, All right. Like really intense fingering where you're like using your hand to fuck oh, somebody. Okay. Right. Um, you're really getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I'm a fan. <laughs> both both giving and receiving. Um, so yeah, that I guess hand sex is more something you would do with someone who has a vagina. Uh, that's not necessarily. You could yeah, do, I guess. You do hand sex in the butt. And like, True. Yeah, that's... I would call that an advanced maneuver. Yes. Um, but then again, um, probably 90% of the toys we have would not fit in my butt without a lot of warm-up. So. Yes. <laughs> so, what's what's the opposite of a size queen? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm whatever that is. <laughs> You're a commoner. <laughs> a commoner. <laughs> Although, actually, that, that's that's not entirely true because I, you know, I find super small toys to actually be kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. There's, you know, it's the Goldilocks toys. Yeah. No, you're just Goldilocks. I'm Goldilocks. There we go. <laughs> so, not everything has to be PIV or PIA, penis and vagina, penis and anus. Um, that we've been taught that everything else besides those things are foreplay, thanks to the heteronormative and phallocentric view of sex. But it's not true. All that stuff we just listed is all sex. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think also in some circumstances, uh, even uh, making out can be sex, Yeah. right? Um, a, an example that... Um, that Dr. Liz gave was, you know, um, having her hand in somebody and then, you know, and, you know, and, and leaning over and kissing somebody who is fucking somebody else mm. and feeling like the people who are kissing are having sex, yeah. even though they're, you know, uh, none of their naughty bits are touching because of the kind of context. Yeah. One of the things that Dan Savage says a lot is that if you had to be penetrated and pounded every time you agreed to have sex, you might agree less often. It's true. And um, just the physical demands of sex are often, you know, more than you're up for because you're, you're tired or you're sore or just, you know, just emotionally you, you can't really get there. Yeah. So it it's really great to... Um, to change, you know, how we're looking at sex so that it's not, you know, a big disappointment if you don't get PIV. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And and that you can feel fulfilled and connected and like you had an awesome intimate experience with your partner without it having to be, you know, the home run. And just everything we've been taught, you know, from day one is is all about building up to this this one like big act. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on everyone of every gender. And, you know, we're gonna end up probably generalizing a lot that that men have particularly been told that this is the thing that they're supposed to get and nothing else is worthwhile. And people socialized as women have been taught that you're not supposed to do that. But, you know, when you do get to it, you're supposed to really orgasm all over the place about <laughs> it. Um, but you're also not supposed to really like it. And you're supposed to fight him for it and, and kind of have it be a chore. Yeah. And so it sets up this real just shitstorm of, <laughs> of expectations and difficulty. Well, even even the whole, you know, the the traditional like 
you know, baseball model. You mentioned home run. Yeah. You know, having these things as, you know, a progression and, you know, and that's the goal. That's the, that's the, that's the finish line. And, um, and yeah, like all these things can be, can be ends of themselves. One thing I also want to mention is, um, you know, we, uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, sexting and, uh, Skype sex or phone sex. Do people have phone sex anymore? Is that is that still a thing? I hear that they do. Yeah, I, I see it on the internet. <laughs> people make reference to phone sex. It's a, maybe it's a retro thing. People yeah, like you know they they call each other up on their their rotary phones. <laughs> um, but I, I I wanted to kind of uh, call back to our fantasies episode because you know obviously one of the ways to expand your sexual connection with your partner is to talk about what you like. And even if you don't actually explore those fantasies, um, talking about each other's fantasy life will, you know, create a lot of, uh, sexy energy. And so you can, you can, uh, combine that with, with some of the, um, with some of the, the non, uh, PIV, PIA activities we've talked about here and, you know, and, uh, dirty talk while jerking each other off or jerking off together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can really, it can really foster that intimacy that people are looking for, and and leave you just feeling really hot and like you, like you went there. Yes. Um, um, I also I also want to um, call back to our butt stuff episode because, you know, um, that's that's a big area uh, where people feel like the end goal is the thing. And so a lot of people are like, I'm yeah. not into butt stuff because they don't like getting slammed in the ass. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually there's a whole universe of pleasure around your butt that doesn't require you to, to take a big cock in your ass. Yeah. Yeah. And fingering and analingus and all that stuff mm-hmm. is, is really amazing. Um, and, and yeah, it was fantastic sex. And, and I, admit like i'm i'm guilty of that myself because i have these hang-ups about feeling like i should want to get pounded in the ass um but you know and so i say oh i'm not into anal um but you know i do like a lot of things to do with my butt um but i just can't tolerate um you know being pounded in the butt and and a lot of people that do like being pounded in the bus, but don't actually want to get fucked in the ass. They just want something in there, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's more the the sensation of being filled up and not like you know something moving in and out. Yeah, that's very true. So a lot of the time, the goal is not about um, a specific act, but you know wanting a connection. And so you know when. Sometimes it, when one partner is initiating sex, the other partner might have some assumptions about what that is. And so is saying no to what they have in their mind when mm-hmm. they might be able to say yes to, to something else. And so thinking about, you know, what's the, what's the, um, what's the goal here? And as you know, you, the goal here might just be connection and pleasure and not, uh, you know, um, doing it like a porn star. Yeah. And I think that's, I think there would be a, a lot less feeling of rejection as well if if it was clear that lots of stuff was on the table. Mm-hmm. Because I think there would be less rejection if it's not like, oh, you expect me to perform in this way if I say yes to this. Um, but 
you know, we're going to do these other things that, that just make us feel close and sexy and, and feel really good. But it's not just like, okay, I have to do this one thing. And so often when you and I are approaching each other about fooling around, we'll say phrases like, do you want to fool around? You know, do you want to get frisky? Do you want something? And although it's a little kitschy, it's, we're, we're just wanting that physical pleasure together as opposed to, you know, and then we'll have more of a discussion once we actually get to the place. Because often you're like, do you want to do this tonight? And you're like, yeah. And then it gets to tonight and, you know, one of one or both of it has had, uh, one or both has had a really hard day and you're not up for that thing that you really thought you were up for in the yeah. morning. But, you know, there's this other thing that you would love to do. Um, or, you know, you'd love to just lie there while the other person does their own thing. And that's hot and connected. And, and it, you feel like that it feels like sex because it is sex. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting the there's a there's a lot of, you know, the especially men have this feeling that um that uh that only PIV counts. Yeah. That you know, that's that's the objective. That's part of what, you know, is taught and socialized. Well, that's losing your virginity is yeah, only which is so crazy. Like what have you lost? <laughs> there's um but um, but for me, and and I think for for a lot of um, a lot of penis having people, there are actually a lot of different types of orgasms. You know, the mm. the assumption is that the male orgasm is really simple and it's all the same. But if that were true, then um, then men would jerk off all the time and would never be trying to have sex with women because mm. if it's ju- if if it's all the same then you might as well you know do what's going to do it yeah um the reality is that um that context and fantasy and sensation and you know and all of all environment can contribute to these things and the and the orgasm that that I have by myself are very different from the orgasms that I have with a partner even if I'm getting myself off with that partner, mm, the, yeah. the orgasms are completely different, the intensity and, uh, and the sensations. And so, so yeah, the, um, and, you know, and the types of orgasms that I can have on my own can be, can vary in quality and intensity, you know, based on whether I'm just trying to get the job done. Yeah. Um, and, and with partners as well, depending on, you know, how I'm feeling, how, ex- you know, how excited I am, how much sort of, you know, um, a worry or other stimulus there is. So, yeah. so yeah. So e- even for the supposedly simple male, there, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of variation in this. And so, you know, a lot of these things can, can be wonderful and intense experiences that, um, that, that are, that are more than just, um, you know, um, busting a nut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that, you know, our screwed up society socializes men to believe that, like, that's sort of the only physical connection and release that you're allowed to get. Because hugging is for wusses and kissing, you know, that's for girls. And, like, all the stuff that you do is all just for other people to get to the thing that makes you feel connected. Yeah. Um, so... Again, reevaluating all of these things allows for a hell of a lot more connection. And, you know, a lot of people are really touch deprived. And, yes. again, getting people to say yes to, to messing around, 
you know, allows for a lot more touch going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that, um, sort of jumping around a little bit here, um, if if PIV or PIA is the only thing that counts the, as sex, like, what the hell are lesbians doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually remember a long time ago, yes. a friend of ours... Um, you know, saying, how do lesbians have sex? Implying that, you know, that, you know, that kind of penetration is the only thing that counts. Yeah. Yeah. And basically if there's no dildo involved. Yeah. No sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, although there, you know, unfortunately are a heck of a lot of people who consider, you know, sex between two women or between two people with vaginas not to really count anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, is it all relates back to the way that we view sex as happening. But on the other side of the touch, deprivation is there's a lot of people who are oversaturated with touch right. and like touched out. And again, it, this comes down to often, often women, often moms who, you know, have kids climbing on them all the time. They might be breastfeeding this kind of stuff and they might just be overtouched and then their partner who's getting undertouched comes to them for that connection and there's there's discord yeah in that yeah and and i think if someone's um uh certain types of neurodivergent people can be mm. more likely to be you know um touch saturated or or uh, touched out um their their threshold might be a lot lower and if and if they are also a parent, yes. get, you know, um, being being neurodivergent and, and having, you know, overstimulation from from parenting, they might they might have very little of their touch supply left for their partner. Yeah, and we don't have an answer for that in any way, really. <laughs> well, no, um, no, but... we we do because um, with with some you know with some of these things, you can uh, you can find a way to you know to to have a that sexy environment with your partner True. without um without having without having to quote put out yeah and and possibly without even having to touch each other possibly without even having to touch or perhaps to you know do do a little bit uh you know maybe maybe do a little, little bit of fondling and and uh, moaning um and uh, and helping your partner your partner out um but but yeah like um a way to uh, you know way to 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 get that without having to to you know dip into your spoons. Yeah. And focusing on on what feeling you might be wanting to get out of the sex will make all of the sex feel more fulfilling. So what are you what are you thinking about when you when you mention that? Well, I'm thinking about um you know, you might go into a sexual act wanting to feel nurtured and feel tender. And if your partner is going to just pound the hell out of you, that might not satisfy <laughs> the tender, nurturing, you know, feeling that you would wanted to get out of it. Yeah. Well, and, and conversely, like, um, I think it's also okay if partners um, decide they just want a quickie, right? Yeah. Like, not everything has to have intense eye contact and yeah. candles. <laughs> Nothing should have intense eye contact. Um, but, but yeah, like, don't look at me. Yeah. Like, like maybe, okay, like, let's just, let's just, uh, pull our pants down just enough and, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, and, and do this. So yeah. Oh, like, that's super hot. Too. It's super like, hot. Yeah. If you're in a hurry and it's just like, you know, we've got, got 10 minutes before, you know, so-and-so is showing up, just, just let's give her. And yeah, that's, 
Wow, it's been a long time since we did that. I was, I was just thinking about about yeah, like someone is on the way to pick yeah. us up, and we're like, we're like, yeah, we could do this could in we? ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that is you know, going into that act, you're looking for sort of zing and and sexiness and um, sort of naughtiness or whatever from that. Yeah, from that. So yeah, you're not focusing... lo- you're not looking to break any records or like you know have a you know really you know um, uh, life changing sexual experience. You're you're just it's it's just very raw and spontaneous. And uh, you know, and similarly, if you if you really want to feel feel ravaged, if you really want to um, just um, feel you know, uh, passion or scared or something, then, you know, um, then, uh, lighting candles and, and, uh, putting on Kenny G is probably, probably <laughs> not gonna, probably not gonna do it. Well, I don't think all tender lovemaking has to be Kenny G. Um, what? <laughs> Darling, I have something to tell you. <laughs> After 22 years of lovemaking, I'm gonna throw out the Kenny G. You're over the Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> We should totally tag him in this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think you know, and again, we're we're often not taught to talk about sex, so it's hard to communicate what you're looking for in a sexual encounter, and particularly if there is some some discordance between the desires of the two people or more people uh, in, in the sexual encounter, it can be challenging to figure out sort of who's gets prioritized at what time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it um, like most things in relationships, um, one poor party is probably going to find themselves compromising more than the other. Yeah. So, um, I think it's important to kind of be aware of how often your partner is doing for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and stepping up for that, you know, and, 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 you know, don't, I would not make assumptions that just because my partner has, you know, sort of been consistently giving that they're okay. Yeah. That, you know, I, I would, uh, I would try to find something that, that they would want to do and that they were into. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, seeking closeness and affection often, you know, doesn't require penetration of any kind. Um, So you can get that, that, yeah, I keep saying connection, but uh, it's a, it's a thing a lot of people are missing. And, you know, being able to, to cuddle one another and roll around and, and just feel each other's bodies, you know, can be an incredible way to to bond and to to feel good and yeah it doesn't have to be about uh, putting things in other things well and and also um something that doesn't um that doesn't even uh need genitals like something like like uh, a bit of bdsm a little bit of impact mm. play can be a really great way um sometimes people find it a great way to relieve stress right if they're really wound up um you know uh, getting a paddling or giving a paddling can can really help to unwind and yeah. you know and and so if there's there has been you know some some tension or some some frustration that can that can be a way to to kind of uh relieve the tension and um you know and and i'm gonna avoid 
saying the word connection again because if there was a drinking game <laughs> and you took a drink every time we said the word connection in this episode you would be so gooned right now yeah so um, it's it's bonding we're gonna have to open up a, th- a thesaurus <laughs> app and <laughs> see if we can come up with some more words connection Iris made us start a drinking game about every time we said journey. So, uh, connection is the new journey. Connection's the new journey. <laughs> so, a lot of it, again, comes down to using our words. Just just about everything in non-monogamy comes down to using your words. Yeah, it, you know, some people feel like they should be able to have sex without using their words. Yes. Right? They, they shouldn't have to talk about what they want. They shouldn't have to... They shouldn't have to communicate. Um... And uh, I feel like that just makes for much worse sex. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, like that sounds really boring to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And sometimes it can be hard to articulate yeah. to, to articulate yeah. what you're looking for. Um, and you're, you know, in a space and you're looking at each other and you're like, okay, here we are. We're going to do this. What are we going to do? And you're both like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Is that us you're describing? Is that you and me? <laughs> can be <laughs> yeah, um can. and sometimes you're both so game for everything that again you get kind of stalled out because it's like i don't know i want to do all the things it's true yeah sometimes knowing where to start is is tough and you know and also knowing that you want to do all the things but not really knowing what you want to do right now yes. right like because sometimes there's an opportunity cost like we're yeah. if we see each other once a month then you know what do we really want to get to and yeah. and honestly i feel like uh just just do whatever just do just do something it's yeah. you know you're it's really not going to be any big loss if you if you you know if you did this instead of that yeah and i think again that's where focusing on what you want to get out of it mm-hmm. because it a lot of the time it isn't necessarily about the act it's true you know sometimes a lot of the the uh sharing of of interests and fantasies is really about generating erotic energy sometimes afterwards you can be like oh, we didn't do this thing that we talked about. We didn't do this thing that we talked about, you know, because sometimes it feels like, you know, sex feels like Pokemon and <laughs> you're tr- you're trying to catch them all. Um, but, um, you know, but yeah, like if you, if you move away from the checklists and move more to, to the, to the feeling that you're trying to get out of it, then it's, it's easier to, to, to see it um, as a success, even if you don't, if you don't do, you know, anything on your mildest and wildest list. Mm-hmm. So expectations can get in the way a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, ec- there's expectations on bodies of every gender to perform certain ways. Uh, the way that receivers are supposed to receive and, and per- you know, penetrators are supposed to penetrate. Um, it can be stressful and intimidating. And so changing up those expectations can decrease that stress a lot and make sex more appealing. Yeah, it's um, it, it's tough, right? Like um, uh, penises can be fickle. Um, and and I, I think vaginas can be fickle as well. It's just that, you know, it's it's less it's less evident. Um, you know, lube can, can, uh, um, you know, I mean, lube is just great anyway. Um, but there's often, yeah, I mean, they, there's some, um, you know, I, 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 I remember, uh, back when I was younger, um, 
loop was not used very commonly and mm-hmm. um and i i i think i think that was a mistake i th- i think it oh, yeah. Know, yeah like it really um so so you know that that expectation to be like heavily heavily self lubricating um, oh, yeah. it's it's just kind of uh ridiculous fantasy i mean some some people are like that and it's you know and, and it's great for them but you know uh even people who do copiously self-lubricate uh you know sometimes you're gonna want want uh you know a bit of help yeah and and there's sort of there's expectations as as young people with vaginas that that you're super self-luby and then it dries up as you get older and there is a certain amount of truth to that but even when when i was 20 i often dried out in the middle of sex and i i I enjoyed the first part of sex and then the rest was just waiting until he was done Mm -hmm. um because i i got dry and it got uncomfortable but i didn't know that it was supposed to feel anything other than that right um because, you know, pleasure isn't talked about. Um, and so when I discovered lube and discovered, you know, asking for it and, you know, providing it myself and just being like, hold on for a minute, I need more lube, it, yeah, it completely changed <laughs> sex for me, um, you know, penetrative PIV sex for me, because I was able to be comfortable throughout all of it and it got to feel good the whole time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's this expectation that you're just going to be able to receive anything. Um, and so a lot of the time people, you know, post pregnancy, um, or post delivery, if they do a vaginal delivery, will have issues, um, with pain and that sort of thing. So this idea that you're just going to want things inside you pounding away is not always accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and there's there's so much pressure on on biopenises to like you're supposed to be hard the right the right amount of hard yeah. and for the right amount of time, um, and that can really really be a difficult thing. Yeah, I think I think it can be um, it can be a surprise for for men um, when they're uh, when they're moving into non monogamy because you're you're going into new and unfamiliar circumstances and. Yeah. And maybe the last time you did you did something new or unexpected was like ten years earlier, yeah. when you know your 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 dick was as hard as it needed to be, you know, any time, day or night. Yeah. And you know, and and now it's like it's like you know this is this this is weird. This is weird circumstances. All these all these people are looking at my dick. What's going <laughs> yeah. on? You know, and um and so so uh, erections can be can be more fickle, or it's like it's like you know you smell different, you kiss different, your hair, you know, and like yeah. so so many things. Can can be very distracting yeah and so um so yeah you can you can, uh find yourself um with uh you know without the you know uh the quote right kind of erection yeah. um that that you want in that moment and so expanding your idea of of uh, of sex and what you can get out of the experience um can can really help with that yeah and and rolling with it can just can make make it that everyone still gets to have a whole lot of fun and that no one's having a tantrum and and you know sulking and that sort of thing so that everyone then feels crappy about it and just highlights the issue even more as opposed to like okay well this isn't happening so let's do this other thing and um yeah it just like rolling with it but yeah it just means that everyone can move forward and 
or or you can decide, you know, maybe this isn't going to happen tonight, and and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and 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 it might it might not even be about um, it might not even be about whether or not you can have an erection, but it might be about whether or not you can have an orgasm. Yes, you know, and that that can be that can really thwart your expectations as well. Yeah, but um, you know, one uh, I, I think it was Stella Harris who said that you know the we. Um, you know, we can't, um, you know, we can't decide, uh, what's going to happen, but we can decide what we're going to try. And, yeah. you know, so I, I can't remember her exact phrasing, so I'm, to- I'm totally mangling it, <laughs> but you know, but that's, that's the sentiment of it, which mm-hmm. is, you know, we're, we're going, we're going to try, we're going to have this experience trying this together. And, you know, and so when you go into it with that, with that spirit, you, um, it's going to be a success regardless of the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, and thinking of it as kind of like building an experience together. Yes. Um, so that, you know, kind of however that experience turns out is probably going to be cool. Yep. Um, but, you know, and that you're in it together as opposed to sort of like in a battle for supremacy as far as who wins, you know? Um Hugging for dominance, you know, and again, those things are really awesome in a in a consensual pre-planned thing. If that's your thing, fantastic. Hug for dominance, um, but yeah, it can um, you know focusing on the pleasure in the moment because often, and I'm guilty of this a lot is is I forget to enjoy what I'm feeling because I'm chasing the orgasm, mm-hmm. and particularly when I'm masturbating. But it can be the same when I'm with partners because i often feel obliged to perform for them right and particularly because i am a squirter and often a copious squirter people want to see the parlor trick that is my g-spot and so i feel a lot of expectation to be able to do that yeah and so you know on days where my body's just not cooperating um i'm not hydrated enough or you know other things are, are happening in my body that, that are getting in the way, you know, I feel like I'm letting everyone down. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just being in the moment and just feeling what feels good. It's not a stunt that you can just, you know, trot out. It's yeah. it's going to be dependent on, you know, on how you're feeling in the circumstances. You know, and again, I try to use my words, you know, a lot of the time I, I try to preset expectations because I'm like, you know, I'm feeling a bit off today. This might not happen. Right. Um, because then, then I'm often able to relax into it better. And and I think that's also you've sometimes when we've gone into a new sort of group sex situation, say, you know, said, yeah, sometimes my penis is kind of shy. So, you know, we'll just we'll do what we do. Um, but have it be that you're then feeling less pressure. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and and um, my cock has been a rock star in some of those situations yeah. where, you know, I, I've just been OK with however it was going to yes. turn out. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, again, just focusing on that pleasure in the moment and and just feeling what you're feeling and if and if orgasms don't end up being part of that, everyone being okay with it. Yeah. Because it is easy. I've also been on the other end of it when I, you know, felt like I haven't been able to get my partner off and feeling like I've failed and trying not to take that personally, whereas understanding that bodies are just difficult (laughs) (laughs) but you know i I also want to um uh, flip around and say that uh it's also okay to 
go after that orgasm. If you, yeah. you know, if you feel like you really want to get off, but you don't, you know, but sometimes you might feel like, oh, I feel like my partner's done. Mm. And, you know, and, and that's, that, that can be a really um, shitty thing to feel about yourself. Yeah. Like you don't deserve to have an orgasm. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a really tough spot to be in. And I, I feel like um, as partners, um, we should, kind of be on the watch for that you know if it seems like like you know if our partner hasn't gotten off you know maybe check in with them yeah you know before uh heading upstairs to uh uh you know to to fix the the after uh orgy snacks and stuff yeah so. yeah. yeah again using your words checking in so in non-monogamy there can be complications with with all of this stuff because there's often well, I mean, we talked about the problems of performing in unusual yeah, circumstances. For sure. And there's often, you know, expectations of having, like, tons of sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, think, I think a lot of people, especially if they, when they have had periods of having lots of, su- lots of success, lots of sex, um, can feel, um, you know, sort of a sense of shame or failure when they go through stretches where they're not having much sex when they're in, and, um, and so the, um, the kind of judgment and, and shame that they have about that. Yeah. There's often the sort of, no, I don't think I have a clear thought. Okay. Do you have, do you have a vague thought? Perhaps it will come back to me. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it can be, it can be tricky to establish new connections um, <laughs> it um like especially in in swinging and play parties um that you know when you go into it there's a bunch of new people and or you know you've met this couple once before or something like that um you know just being able to on the fly be like okay yeah like we're here we're we're feeling it you know let's go bone is is not all that easy. I personally don't find it very easy. I tend to need to know people to a certain extent before I feel relaxed enough to to get physical in those situations. I find it easier with with women um, to be able to let my guard down in right. that situation, and I'm sure it really does come down to trust. And especially if if it happens to be a situation where it's you and I with another like heteronormative couple and sort of the expectation is I'm going to end up sleeping with this guy. Like I really need to know that I'm comfortable doing that. Right. So, you know, that, that can be, you know, easy or difficult in some situations. Sometimes you meet someone you're like, yeah, here we go. (laughs) Um, But that's not always the case. And there, but there can be pressure from your partner sometimes or, or on yourself that you put on, put there that um, you're ready. You're just ready to go at any time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, um, and sometimes you, uh, it's also easy to, to have assumptions about what your partner is, is, is interested in that situation. And maybe they're on the same wavelength. They're like, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it either. Uh, And so, um, you know, you might, you might try diving in to, to you know, to on uh, on their behalf, yeah. and you know, and, and it turns out that uh, they actually just want to watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as you were talking about earlier, they you know, if you see each other once a month, if there can be like if you've got this scheduled date, there's a narrow amount of time. There's a lot of pressure that you're going to be able to perform in all the ways that 
you might want to and and they might want you to be able to yeah it's it's true right like if you if you only see each other um you know and maybe it's not even once a month maybe it's a couple times a year and you, you might feel like you have to have the rock star sex and um you know and really what you feel like doing is just like making out while you jerk off and um you know and and um so uh, I think going back to what you talked about before, like just, you know, what, what do we want to get out of this rather than, you know, um, trying to kind of s- save up the sex. Yeah. So, because this, this sex has to carry us for the next six to eight months. Yeah. So it has to be the great sex. Yeah. And I know having, having had a long distance partner that I only saw, you know, two, maybe three times a year, you know, I would sort of go into meeting up with them with, you know, basically a checklist of all the stuff I wanted to do. And invariably ended up disappointed because there was just no way that we could realistically, like both be in the right space for all of that stuff. And so it, it often, yeah, it led to, to sort of hurt feelings. And, and if they weren't, available and and interested in having sex as much as I was it was like but I'm leaving tomorrow like you know like we we don't have any more time to do this and if you're rejecting me right now like we don't get another chance and so yeah there can be a lot of difficulty and then you know they end up feeling crappy too because you know they know that there's a limited time and stuff like that and sometimes that pressure is part of why they don't feel up to you know (laughs) connecting so um drink um so yeah there's there can be a lot of pressure in these in these situations and and by just being like okay like let's let's just be together and see what happens or you know just changing up the expectations you know i've had dates come over and said like i've really had an incredibly difficult date do you mind you know like, I'd like to just jerk off together. Does that work for you? And, you know, it's pretty much always been, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's been really hot, and we've had a great time. Yeah, another thing that's that's pretty common is the, um, in you know, in non-monogamy, is the feeling of um, my partner is getting sex with other people that I wish I was getting that, you know, they've got a regular date night and, you know, and I'm not getting, getting that sex. Um, and, um, you know, and, and that's, that's a, that's a tough thing to, to negotiate because, you know, different relationships are going to have, uh, different connections, drink. Um, and, you know, but also it makes a lot of, it, it can make a lot of assumptions about what, that relationship is like and yeah you know and um and then you know in polyamory if you've got if you've got a nesting partner um i guarantee that the non-nesting partner has a lot of envy over the nesting partner so even if even if they're they're getting a lot of the sex that the nesting partner wants there there's there's envy about all the other stuff that, that you get getting to getting to live with somebody oh absolutely um, yeah, there's, there's envy both ways, but if you're the, the nesting partner who feels quite neglected and, and like, you're not interesting anymore yeah. and that kind of thing, it, 
it can be really challenging and figuring out ways to to get that need filled of, of being wanted by your partner, being desired as being seen as fun and interesting and, and desirable um, can be just really important to figure out how to get yeah. that, get that need met so that there's no, that there don't end up being hard feelings and resentment because then everything goes real bad um, when yeah, that's happening. But I mean, really that's, that's describing one of the, one of the uh, sort of, um, continuous period, sort of periodic challenges of a long-term relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because uh, you know, again, if if it's in a, a new relationship and there's like a lot of NRE, like the charge of new sex mm-hmm. is is really spectacular, and that's one of the reasons so many of us are non-monogamous um, because that that new just the the frisson of of it is just so incredible. And of course, that's going to be the thing that you're drawn to. And, and our brains just don't, like, once that, that well, drug. is it's... engaged, yeah, like, you're you're not thinking clearly and and being like, oh, yeah, I need to, like, be be focused on, on my other people in this exact same way when, when you're high on this drug is, is incredibly difficult, um, but sometimes needs to... Like people need to figure out how to, how to anchor themselves within. Like it's like, oh, I have this tendency to do this, so I need to take these steps. Yeah, I I think yeah, uh, for some people that's a huge challenge because I know that some people who are NRE junkies, yeah, it's like I, they'll even say, yeah, I'm an NRE junkie, but when but when they're NRE, they are still just as insane. Yeah, they 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 are still incapable of kind of you know, seeing both sides of it, you know, and, and any, anything that, that kind of challenges the NRE relationship, you know, can cause a lot of panic and, and, um, you know, and, and, uh, and blowback. Yeah, that's really true. I guess that's it. It's over. <laughs> We're done. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this connection with us. I had a thought. Sorry. <laughs> the, the thought is now gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, no. So, yeah, I guess that is the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, again, I think we, we sort of reiterated a, a number of times, but I think, you know, I, I think it's important enough that, that we should harp on it a bit, that, that rethinking, what we view as sex is a really essential way to to let all of us who who want to have sex lives to have better sex lives. I, I totally agree. You know, I I actually I had a partner um, who we had sex. I mean, we uh, we had had uh, pleasure and got each other off, but um, I, uh, she had a friend that you know after seeing me every time was like, "So did you fuck? Did you fuck?" And so it's it's like. Um, th- th- to to them, it's like it didn't count unless yeah. unless there was uh, actual GIV. Yeah, you know, and as someone who who really enjoys the sensation of hips slamming against my hips, you know, I have sometimes been disappointed when I have been craving that feeling, and that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but like we. Sometimes you don't don't get the thing that you wanted to get, <laughs> um, and you just have to like 
you know, put on your big person pants and get over it. Um, you know, and other times you can be like, okay, let's, let's see if we can figure out how to do this because like, this is the feeling that like the physical sensation that I really would like to have. So, you know, I really, I like that, that I have a number of partners who, you know, will, can just throw on a strap on and, and pound the hell out of me. And usually like to the point that I'm like, okay, okay. cool, we're good. Um, but okay, I, that's enough now. <laughs> but I've also, you know, seen someone like be fingering someone from behind while kind of putting their hips into the other person. So it was like they were like fucking with their hips, but they were using their fingers and it was like, it was this really incredible workaround yeah, to, get, to get the, the the sensation that the receiver was looking for when the, you know, party shy cock wasn't up for participating um, in that way. So it, you know, it was a really fantastic way to see, you know, how you can, how you can, you know, shift things around and, and rather than that person going home, because, you know, they're like, well, I can't play, there's no point of even being here you know, they, they turned it into this really sexy thing and, and really satisfying for, for everyone involved and for those of us watching. <laughs> so changing up how we view what sex is can, can really alleviate a lot of the stressors that we've talked about throughout this episode. And, you know, we can have more sex and more fulfilling sex when we, when we shift our mindset about it. And I think, again, like those of us in non-monogamy have chosen to shift our mindset about relationships yeah and what is expected from our relationships and from you know partnerships and and or like more group dynamic relationships because you know we've realized that that one narrow view of what should be you know doesn't work for us so looking at sex the same way as like, this is what society has told us is the one way to have sex. You know, it's like, we should be even better at throwing all that out the window. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, don't stop at just expanding the one worldview. Yes. Like, try expanding all your other ones, too. Yeah. Well. I'm so wise. So wise. I know. Drink. <laughs> You're usually the wise one. <laughs> I totally got my wise on tonight. Thanks for listening. Please help us get into the ear holes of more listeners by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or other platforms. Become our very favorite people in the whole wide world by contributing to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash on the wet coast. Follow us on Twitter at Wet Coast Cat at Sirius Flick at On the Wet Coast. Email comments or questions to contact at onthewetcoast.com. Go to onthewetcoast.com for Kat's blog and more, or find them over at lifeontheswingset.com. And you can get Kat Stark's book, Yelling and Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, available now on ebook and paperback. Go to amazon.com or visit onthewetcoast.com for links to other marketplaces. And check out other awesome sex-positive podcasts on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm. Okay, bye. Hey. This is Andrew Gerza, disability awareness consultant, crippled content creator, and host of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. And you're listening to a Swingset podcast at swingset.fm. And you can get Cat Starts 
I did it again. Cat start.